What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. So the other day, uh, we're at home. It's about 8.30, 8.45 at night, and all of a sudden, I hear our screen door open um, in the front door the, and you kind of has a squeak to it. So this, the front screen door opens and which is weird. Like we get solicitors quite a bit, but for eight thirty, eight forty five 45 at night, it's kind of a weird time for solicitors to be stopping by and we don't have a peephole. So I can't see, um, directly who's in front of our door, but we do have like a bay window in our living room where you can kind of peek out the window and see who's in front of the door. So my son runs over and he moves the curtain aside and he, he uh, immediately jumps back and he's like, it's a stranger. It's a stranger. So, you know, as a dad, my blood pressure starts to rise a little bit. And like, you know, who's over at our house right now that we don't know. Uh, so all of a sudden uh, the door handle of our front door starts to like jiggle this, the person at the door is clearly trying to get in. And fortunately the door is locked. And, and so I'm like, okay, what the heck is going on? So they're jiggling the handle and then out of nowhere, like it starts to get really aggressive. They're now aggressively trying to get into our house. So dude, my blood pressure is like sky high. Uh, I can't see who's at the front door, but I know they're now aggressively trying to get into my house. So I tell my wife, I said, call 911. And my kids are like, just standing there staring at us freaked out. I literally have both hands on the door. I don't even know what that would do, but I'm like both hands on the door, you know, just putting extra pressure on the door in case this person who's on the other side, aggressively trying to get in somehow figures out a way to get through the locks and, and gets in blood pressures up, adrenaline's up. And, uh, my wife is like, hello, hello, who's there? Uh, apparently she's bolder than I am. Um, and she kind of peeks through the other window to see who's at the front door. And it turns out, um, it's our neighbor who lives two houses down and he actually has dementia and it's a really sad story. He, he, he thought he was at his house and he didn't understand why the door was locked. He's an older gentleman and has lost his memory. And so he thought he was at his own house and, uh, that's why he was so aggressively trying to get in. But anyway, we were able to talk to him and say, you're at the wrong house. You live just down the street. Let us help you find your way back home. Um, I tell you that story because, uh, I don't have a gun in our home. I'm not like anti-gun by any means. Um, I don't really have super strong opinions one way or the other about guns. I know that's kind of a hot topic right now, but, um, the re <laughs> I don't, I don't personally own a gun and, where I grew up, I actually grew up in Stockton, California, close to that. It's a, it's a little, it was actually the highest crime rate per capita, violent crime rate, theft, like murders. It's just, it's kind of a, it's a ghetto place. There's no sugarcoating it. It's a ghetto place. <laughs> uh, so guns for us are, you know, equate to like gangsters and, and death and stuff. We didn't like go out in the backyard and shoot. Like I know many of you listeners do and have growing up, even living here in Oregon, there's a lot of guys that like you know, just owning a gun, starting out with a BB gun and kind of working your way up as a kid was totally normal. Um, that was not normal for us and where I grew up. So anyway, all that to say, I don't have a gun. I don't ha I had like no self-protection. And it's a very, it's a really vulnerable feeling to be the like protector of your home and have no real way to protect yourself. So I was like Googling, uh, all these non-lethal weapons and I just filled up <laughs> my Amazon cart 
with non-lethal weapons, mace and like stun guns and all kinds of really cool and amazing non-lethal weapon stuff. But uh, what I did this week, I'm going, this is way longer than I expected. Hopefully I'm not boring you to death. But what I did was I, uh, one thing I got was these cameras, these security cameras. (laughs) Sounds so lame right now. Uh, I got these security cameras um, for our house and it's called Arlo. And uh, I'm totally just geeking out. Like this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. Uh, and it's not going to point you towards Jesus. So <laughs> I hope I'm not wasting your time here. But if you're a dude and you're, you might be geeking out with me on some of this stuff. Anyway, they're, 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 these cameras called Arlo, they're 100% wireless. And uh, so you can put them anywhere, anywhere on your property. And they have an incredibly good wireless range. So I bought four of them. Literally every corner of our house is now, uh, if you're anywhere on our property, you are seen on camera. And they only turn on when it detects motion. So they're, they have these lithium-ion batteries that last forever. Like they, they'll, they'll go a whole year without needing to be recharged. And they mount magnetically. They come with like these magnetic bases that you can put anywhere. So literally you can like put them up in the trees. You can put them up on your, in your gutters of your house. Like, and they're, they're waterproof, weatherproof. Anyway, they're super, super sick. (laughs) So, uh, Right now, I've got these Arlo cameras. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'll put these uh, in the show notes. <laughs> I feel really dumb talking about this right now. Totally geeking out. Uh, but I'll put these in the show notes. And if you want to check them out, you can check them out on Amazon. Um, they're they're awesome. I don't know why I said all that. I think because right now, as I'm recording this podcast, my kids are in the backyard swimming in a little pool, inflatable pool. And uh, so I can, I'm keep getting all these alerts at, right as, right before I hit record. Um, saying that there's motion going on in the backyard anyway you can like schedule these camp they're super sick i won't go on and i could go on and on about how awesome they are but i won't anyway i'll put them in the show notes go to dadtire.com click this podcast episode and you can see all the notes of everything i talk about today um but i'll put those in there and uh, you can check out those cameras they're really cool um if you haven't got the dad tire devotional book if you haven't pre-ordered that you should um of course, I'm a big fan of it because we're. I put it out. I wrote it. But just yesterday, we were driving down. My wife and I were driving down to a town about 45 minutes south of us, and we were doing the very final. They're about to print a thousand of these starting today. Um, when you hear this, it should be on Monday, and on Monday they're going to print a thousand of these things. So we were doing the very last final like proofread of the the copy to make sure everything all our eyes were dotted, T's were crossed, everything looked good. And uh, so we were doing the last read and we read through and we literally read through the entire thing um, on the car ride up and back. And, and as we read it, um, I'm, I was just like reminded of the gospel. (laughs) My daughter's literally trying to get into the room right now. Hang on one second. This is totally dad tired stuff. I don't edit it out. Hold on. Sorry about that. If you uh, <laughs> listen to the Dad Tired podcast for a while, you know that I uh, do this at my home, and we've got kids running around, and uh, we have I have three kids, and uh, one of them wanted to come in for a second. Anyway, thanks for being patient on that. <laughs> I never edit that stuff out. Anyway, the book we were reading through the book, um, we read through the whole thing, and I literally, I this this is going to sound weird and it's just going to sound weird, but as we were reading through the book, I wrote the book and yet I was feeling closer to Jesus as my wife was reading it to me as we drove. And uh, I know that sounds weird because you're like, dude, you wrote the book. That sounds really arrogant. And 
it's not anything that I necessarily wrote that's so amazing other than it's just reminding us of the gospel and how the gospel affects our own hearts and how the gospel affects our marriage, how it affects the way we raise our kids and how it affects our work. The, the devotional is broken down into those four sections, uh, our heart, our marriage, our kids, and our work, and how the gospel affects each of those things. And it's not necessarily what I'm saying. It's the message. It's not the messenger. Uh, the, the, the power of the gospel is true regardless of who writes it and who preaches it and who proclaims it. It's the, it's not the messenger, it's the message. And the message of the gospel has great power to it. And so even as she's reading these words back that I wrote, I'm like, dang, like that, that's a good word. That's, that's good truth there. And uh, I want to be a better husband <laughs> as I read it. I want to be a better dad. I want God to capture my heart again as I read it. So I really believe in the devotional. I really think that um, it's going to be beneficial to you guys. So if you haven't yet, go to dadtire.com, get the devotional. We, we've we had a couple of churches order a bunch of these for their uh, entire men's group. So if you're part of a church, I know you're a lot of pastors listen to this, um, or maybe you, you just help out at your church. If this is a, I know there are very few resources for dads and husbands to go through. So it, it would also be a great resource for you if you want to go through it as a church group as well. So uh, I do give a discount if you order more of them for, for groups. And um, anyway, deadtire.com, go to the devotional tab. You can get that there. Finally, um, last kind of thing before we dive in here, I know I've given way too much time in this long introduction, but um, if you if you haven't listened to the Dad Tired Radio, it's just something I started the last couple of weeks. This is a really really cool platform. It's an app called Anchor FM where I where I do a daily radio show, and this is a obviously the podcast is very. Um, it's it's one-sided. I'm talking to you. You're not sitting here as much as I wish you were talking back to me and we can have a conversation. And so if I say something and you've got a question or you're like, dude, why do you always say it like this? Or how come you don't uh, address this? Or whatever topic or thought or question you have pop up, um, this radio show allows us to kind of have, have a more two-way dialogue. So go to, get the app Anchor FM. It's super cool, really, really easy to um, download and figure out, very user-friendly. But what you can do is you can actually call into the station and ask your question or give your thought or give your feedback, and we can have more of a dialogue. Or if you just want to be anonymous, you can at least hear other people calling in. Um, and hearing their thoughts and questions and I'll answer those and talk about those and other people from the community. I Listen, dude, I'm like a rookie dad and husband myself. I've been married eight years. Uh, I've got three kids, but I'm, I'm new at this too. I'm, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out myself. So, um, you know, I don't claim to have all the answers here. That would be incredibly foolish and arrogant of me to, to make some claim that I've got enough skin in the game that I have all the answers. So what's cool about the radio show too, is that you can call in and other, maybe older dads or just other perspectives. Um, even wives can call into that. Um, and it's just a cool way for us all to kind of add perspective to a particular topic. So Anchor FM is the name of that app. If you don't have it, you should download it. It's really good. And it's a way for us to have more of a two-way conversation. Come say hi on that, call in, um, and we'll, we can have more of a conversation that way. I, a couple of weeks ago, I recorded a podcast called A Taste of Death in which I, I talked about uh, our brand new foster daughter at the time. She had just entered into our family. And that was about two months ago, I guess, that we um, she's been with us now. 
And dude, the, the I I talked about in that episode the the incredible roller coaster of emotions that fostering is. There is no like emotional category or box to fit foster parenting in. And that that's one of the biggest things that stuck out to me is the fact that I have a box for everything else. I, I know like where where my love is for my wife. I know where my love is for my kids. Um, but there 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 is no like. Um, expected emotions and it's kind of weird trying to navigate it's been incredibly strange and weird and amazing and hard trying to navigate my emotions as a foster dad and um, there was this I don't know maybe like two weeks ago I was feeling this sense of um, I like this subconscious guilt of loving our foster daughter fully like a hundred percent in front of my kids because I almost was feeling like this sense of if my kids see me loving her fully a hundred percent, like they would, they would probably feel like why dad, why, why does she get all your love too? Like, shouldn't our uh, relationship with you be special and different and unique compared to her? And I subconsciously, I was feeling that of course, my kids who are four and six never asked that they never articulated that. But I I had this like subconscious sense that if they saw me giving her 100% love that they would somehow feel less valuable. That's a really weird feeling and hard feeling because I do want them they're my kids they are my flesh and blood. I want them to know that daddy uh, has all the love in the world for them. And it is special and it is unique. And it's not like any other relationship. And yet, um, um, I want to love this our foster daughter with a hundred percent love and and she's only two and a half and yet um, I'm convinced that God has wired us in such a way that she would feel that and she would know that she would sense that she is different or that she gets less love from mommy and daddy than the other kids get and dude it's just this really weird like this this is just like one of the emotions of the hundreds that I feel throughout a week of trying to be a foster dad but we had gone down to San Diego. If you follow on my Instagram stories, you saw that I was down in San Diego officiating my best friend's wedding this last week. And so we had to drop our foster daughter off with another foster parent. And as we, as she was driving away, she was like, bye daddy, bye daddy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was trying not to ball right there. And it was, I felt this new, like these new emotions that I hadn't felt before as she drove off. And as, as I was in San Diego, I, I kind of made this decision. Like, you know what? Like, I just need to trust God. I need to trust. He told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll take care of everything else. And so beyond trying to protect my own heart, beyond trying to protect my, even my kid's heart, um, um, I just need to fully engage with what he told me to do. He told us to care for the orphans, the widows, the vulnerable, the oppressed. And so I'm just going to fully love her. I'm not going to love her 90%. I'm going to give 100%. Even knowing that we'll probably only have her two years, which is what we were told by DHS, we'd have her for about two years. Even knowing that in two years from now, my heart's probably going to get ripped out from my chest. I'm still not going to hold back. I'm going to give her 100% of my love because I believe that's what Jesus did. Like, he didn't hold back on us. Um, and even like the Jews and the Gentiles thing, like the Jews were like, come on, uh, you know, we've got this special place with God and, and we can't just graft everyone into this relationship. And God was like, no, everyone's on the same playing field. Everyone gets the same amount of love. And God was has been faithful.
faithful to let us be fully loved by him, not kind of loved by him, not partially loved by him, but everybody gets full access to Jesus. And so that's kind of my motivation of feeling like, okay, I want to give full 100% love to this foster daughter, to our daughter who's part of this house. And um, so I'd made that decision. We came back from San Diego and that weekend was 4th of July weekend this last weekend. And uh, so then we, uh, I know I'm rambling here. I promise I'm going to make a point. Uh, so stick with me here. Um, at 4th of July weekend comes, we go to this parade and then, uh, which was just super cool. It was this great parade for kids. They're like throwing candy and our foster daughter sitting on my lap and she's just, she's beaming with joy in ways that I haven't seen in the last two months she's been here. She just has so much joy. And I imagine this is probably the first time that she gets to like experience this kind of stuff. And then we go from that parade and we go to a barbecue and, um, and we go to this barbecue and where our, that our friends was host, were hosting and we did like fireworks. We had just a really fun day and she's just the whole day has so much joy, so much like uh, she's just lit up in ways that I've never seen her lit up. And so I'm, I'm watching her and I'm, I'm kind of like quiet and somber all day as I'm just watching her. as She's like really sitting on my lap a lot and wants she's I'm holding her a lot and I'm just watching the joy that she has and kind of fitting into our family in a way that maybe I haven't felt since we've had her. And I'm and I'm opening up my heart to her in a way that I've, I've never felt. And at that moment, I was like, man, this I love this little girl like crap. I'm going to get emotional. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, I just felt like, man, I love this little girl um, who God's brought into our life. And uh, and I'm trying to give her like 100% of my love and, and give her everything I've got. And it was the first time where I feel like, man, I really love her. And uh, I want her to feel all of God's love for her in our home. And I'm not going to hold anything back. And I'm not going to, I'm going to risk being vulnerable for the sake of her um, joy and the sake of, of her like health and the fact that God would capture her heart hopefully one day. And um, so anyway, that I think that was on a Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. I think Tuesday was 4th of July. Um, Wednesday, she did a visit. She does a one hour visit with her parents, um, individually mom, individually dad. And then she comes back to us. And when that's not abnormal every week, we've been doing that since we've had her. And on Wednesday, the, the caseworker brought her back and said, um, uh, she, she's likely going to be going home in the next couple of weeks. And dude, that was such a dagger for me. Like my wife and I just at that moment tried to not just start weeping like even weeks earlier I, when I was kind of like holding back my love and, and my own self-protection and my kids protection of their heart would have been easier but I had just made this decision of like I'm gonna go all in I'm gonna love her with everything I've got because that's what Jesus has done for us and um, and I'm just gonna trust God with it and 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 the next day literally the next day they tell us like she'll probably be gone in the next couple of weeks and uh, it was just heartbreaking, man. It's just another set of emotions that I haven't felt before. The reason I tell you all of that, I know it's like a really selfish story for me to tell you all that really long story, but the reason I tell you all of that um, is because like, there, there's this weird position. I keep telling people foster parenting is like getting in a relationship with a girl or I guess guy, if you're a woman listening, but getting in a relationship with somebody and knowing like and saying, Hey, I'm really attracted to you. I really like you. And in two years, I'm going to leave you. 
Um, and yet I'm still going to go all in. And it's weird. Like, do you go all in? Do you, do you hold back even though you really like the person? Are you trying to love them? Um, and it's a weird place to be. And that's kind of what foster parenting is like. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in on this knowing that in five months or five days or five years, it probably wouldn't be five years, but in a short amount of time, our hearts are going to be broken. And the reason that we do all that, the reason that I can continue to say, and I've been talking about to my wife about this, the reason I can go into a, a very vulnerable situation where our hearts could get broken is because my hope is not in this relationship between me and this foster daughter. Um, it, my hope, my joy, my satisfaction, my love is not dependent on her. It's found in Jesus. And Jesus is not vulnerable. The relationship that we have with him is not risky. He will always be faithful to love us. He won't be gone in five years or five months or five days. He will always continue to be there and to be faithful. And so I can turn to him for my satisfaction. I can turn to him for my joy. I can turn to him for my love. And as a result of him being like the root or him being the well of love that's filling me up, then I can in return give in vulnerable situations where I might get hurt. I can love without holding anything back because I don't have to worry about them being my source of of joy and satisfaction and love because my source is found in Jesus and he is perfect. He is safe. He is faithful. He doesn't give up. His love doesn't run out. It's not a vulnerable or risky relationship. And the reason I tell you all of that, because you don't have to be a foster daughter or a foster parent to relate to this, uh, this principle, uh, the fact that you can step into hard situations, you can step into vulnerable situations, you can give everything you've got, um, you can move into relationship with your kids and with your wife and with coworkers and friends and neighbors, uh, and you can do it. And even though it feels risky, like I don't, if I give you all all of my heart to you, you have the chance to hurt me. And the truth is they do have a chance to hurt hurt you. Your wife has a chance to hurt you. Your neighbors, your friends, your pastor, all of these people have the opportunity to hurt your heart. And likely because they're sinful and jacked up, they will. Like it's just a matter of time before they do hurt you. But you can still press in. There's two options. You can hide back. You can you can withhold some of your love and relationship because you know there is an opportunity for them to hurt you. Or you can say, listen, my source of joy and love and satisfaction is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And he always gives me enough and he will never hurt my heart. He, he is, uh, it's not a vulnerable place to be with him. And so I can give it to you. I'm going to just put my heart out of my hand and I'm going to hand it to you to do whatever you want with it, whether that's a foster child or your kid or your wife or a coworker or a neighbor, or whatever you can give everything you've got because you don't have to worry about them being your only hope and source of satisfaction and joy and love put another way. And I say this a lot, they are a terrible God. This relationship between my foster daughter and me is a terrible God. It will let me down. It will break my heart. It will leave me unsatisfied, but I don't have to pursue it as a God. I don't have to pursue it as my only hope of source or my only source of hope and joy and satisfaction. I find that in Jesus. And so now I can just give, I can give to this little girl, whether she's with us for two more weeks or two more years uh, or the rest of our lives, I can give all of my love to her because I know that my hope and my satisfaction and my love is found in Jesus. And he's a good God. He's enough. 
And I can even trust that for my kids. Like I was talking about earlier, like, um, you know, not wanting them to see me give her a hundred percent. Listen, I'm a terrible God and I will fail them and I will fall short of everything that they hope and long for daddy to be. And so I can trust, I can point them like, Hey, listen, I know daddy is going to love you with everything he has. And even though I love somebody else, another little baby or a little girl that comes into our life and I can love her fully too, doesn't mean I'm loving you less but also know that there's a God who loves you better than daddy can love you. There's a God who like never will fail you. He will never compromise in his love. He will never hold back love from you. He gives you everything all the time. And it's an opportunity to trust and to point my kids towards Jesus. Who's a better God than me. My kids have a better God. There's a better daddy than daddy. And so I can just trust them. Like even I can, I can trust that even though I'm going to give my heart a hundred percent to a little girl, who's not even my flesh and blood in front of my kids, that God can protect their heart, that God's a better God than me, that they can turn to someone, a God um, who is more faithful, who is more loving, who is more just and righteous and everything than I am. And um, so anyway, it's been, dude, gosh, it's been a crazy process crazy journey, but, uh, I trust that all of this timing, all of this stuff that he's working out in my heart, uh, is for my good. It's for the good of my wife and my kids and for this little girl. And it's for his glory and that he will get glorified in the midst of all of this. So I guess, thank you guys for listening to like kind of me rambling here, but here my, the point of all of it is this, um, you can give, man. There's a better God than your wife. There's a better God than your kids. There's a better God than your your job, your spouse, whatever you're hoping for, uh, whatever you're, you're chasing after to give you satisfaction. Um, Jesus is the only one. He's the only one. And, it, and once you, once we start to realize that it frees us, it frees us to give to other people um, with no strings attached with no selfishness, with, with, I'm not expecting anything back from my wife. I'm not expecting anything back from my kids. I can serve them and love them faithfully because my joy is found in Jesus and he will not fail me. My kids will fail me. My wife will fail me. My job will fail me. My dreams will fail me. My money will fail me. Everything will fail me, but that's okay. It's okay. I can love them fully. I don't have to hold back. I can serve them faithfully because I know that the God that I serve, the God that actually gives me my soul satisfaction won't fail me. He's faithful. He's good. He's the only good God. And he said, that's why he said they're putting no other gods before me. It's not like a, um, an evil thing or a mean thing. He says, put no other gods before me because God knows that our actual only satisfaction can be found in him and him alone. He wants our best. And so he knows that if you search me with all of your heart, if you come after me, if you chase after me, everything else will be better. That's my prayer for you guys, is that you'd find your only hope and satisfaction in Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, And I'll remind you of this verse. It's Matthew 28. Uh, It's not Matthew 28. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these practical things will be added unto you. It'll be taken care of. But your only job is to seek first Jesus, even if it means like putting my kids in a situation that I feel like might hurt their heart. I just have to trust Jesus with it. I have to be obedient to his scriptures, and that's to take care of the orphans, the widow, the oppressed. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what God is calling you to do, and everything else will be taken care of. 
I love you guys. I hope that that was helpful for you. Thanks for letting me process out loud. I pray that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done in your life, at your work, in your marriage, in your family as it is in heaven. I love you guys. Later. Later.